give you Rav, Rav Brown, Rav, Rav. First of all, I'd like to start off by thanking Brother Cleveland and the Black Panther Party for self-defense. You see, unlike America would have us believe, the greatest problem confronting this country today is not pollution and bad breath. It's black people. It's black people. See, that's just one of the big lies that America tells you and that you go for because you chumps. You go for it. One of the lies that we tell ourselves is that we are making progress. But Huey's chair is empty. We're not making progress. We tend to equate progress with concessions. We can no longer make that mistake. You see, when they gave us that nigger astronaut, you say we were making progress, but I told you they were going to lose him in space. He didn't get that far. They gave you Thurgood Marshall, and you said we were making progress. Thurgood Marshall is a Tom of the highest order. Anybody who sits down before, anybody who sits before James O. Eastland, a camera breath, Peckerwood, nasty honky from Mississippi. And let James O. Eastland subject him to the type of questioning that he did. He's a strange breed of man. You put Adam Clayton Powell in office and you couldn't keep him. What you think they're going to do with Thurgood Marshall when they get tired of him? They gave you Walter Washington of Washington, D.C., and you said we were making progress. That's not progress. See, it's no in-between. You're either free or you're a slave. There's no such thing as second-class citizenship. That's like telling me you can be a little bit pregnant. politics in this country that's relevant to black people today is the politics of revolution. None other. There is no difference between the Democratic and Republican Party. The, the similarities are greater than the differences of those parties. What's the difference between Lynchum Johnson and Goldwater? None. But a lot of you running around talking about you Democrats, and the Democrats got you in the biggest trick going. They tell you it ain't our fault. It's the Dixocrats. There's no such thing as a Dixocrat. The only difference between George Wallace and Lyndon Johnson is one of them's wife got cancer. You go for it. You go for it because you chumps. 
you go for it. The only thing that's going to free Huey is gunpowder, black powder. Huey Newton is the only living revolutionary in this country today. He has paid his dues. He paid his dues. How many white folks you killed today? But you revolutionaries, you are revolutionaries. Che Guevara says it's only two ways to leave the battlefield. Victorious or dead, Hugh is in jail. That's no victory, that's a concession. When black people become serious about the revolutionary struggle that they are caught up in, whether they recognize it or not, when they begin to go down, and knock off people who are oppressing them and began to render these people impotent. That's when the revolutionary struggle unfolds. Not until. See, I want to develop upon what Bobby was talking about, about green power, because green power is a myth. There's no such thing as green power as long as that honky got the power to change the color of money. It's power that controls this country to show you America's wandering use and abuse of power in connection with money. Internationally, America changed the international gold standard from monetary standard from gold to paper gold. Her gold reserve had dwindled to $13.7 billion. France had 12.9. That's why De Gaulle was raising all that hell. The Gaulle says, I got almost as much gold as you. So how are you going to have more votes than me in the monetary system? The United States got slick because they had power. They changed it to something that they got abundance of, paper gold. Paper gold. You see, black folks are chumps. If America were to tell you to bring all the rocks in this country to her, and she'll give you a million dollars for it, you'll do it. And the next day she'll tell you, we're using rocks for currencies, chump. You go for it because you enjoy being lied to. You enjoy being lied to. You find your security in the lies that white America tells you. For 400 years, she taught you white nationalism and you lapped it up. You taught it to your children. You had your children thinking that everything black was bad. Black cows don't give good milk. Black hens don't lay eggs. Black for funerals, white for weddings. You see, everything black is bad. The only black biblical character you knew was Judas. That's all. Syrup of black draught. That's white nationalism, Santa Claus, a white honky who slides down a black chimney and comes out white.
flesh-colored band-aids. They had a brother who put one on and thought something was wrong with his skin. That's cause you chumps, you go for it. You enjoy white nationalism. Huntley and Brinkley, black folks got more confidence in Huntley and Brinkley than Catholics got in the Pope. They believe anything. According to Huntley and Brinkley, we threw fighting in Vietnam. We threw killing the enemy, we shooting trees. But you go for it, that's what you want to hear. And you say that you're revolutionaries. But if you are revolutionaries, you must assume the revolutionary posture. Chairman Mao says power comes from the barrel of a gun. Yes, politics is war without bloodshed, and war is an extension of those politics. But there is no politics in this country that's relevant to us, to black people. Bobby Kennedy sold black people out. He doesn't, he's not interested in black people. He called for vigilante action this summer. He says that the good citizens should ban with the policemen to put down lawbreakers. You know who lawbreakers are in this country. Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson has set the attitude, the, the atmosphere rather, rather, for vigilanteism in the country when he came out in his latest speech, I guess you call it, and said that one day law-abiding citizens will rise up to put down the lawbreakers and one week later the longshoremen went over and beat the peace movement up with hooks. That's vigilante action. The same thing happened during the Battle of Algiers, the Algerian Revolution, when France passed the proclamation establishing people's militias. That's what this country is doing. That's why white folks are buying guns. They're buying them for you. And understand, class differences will not save you. There is no such thing as a black middle class. You don't believe it? Go to Detroit. There's no such thing as a black middle class. The man does not beat your head because you got a Cadillac or because you got a Ford. He beats you because you're black. Class structures are a luxury that we cannot afford. They cannot divide us by saying that you're middle class or you're lower class. He kills you because you're black. The concentration camps, they got 37 in the country and me and Carmichael can't fill all of them. They got to be taking somebody else. You got to stop dividing yourselves. You got to organize. I agree with Bobby. We are not outnumbered. We are out-organized. You have to organize on every level. Everybody in the black community must organize. And then we decide whether we will have alliances with other people or not. But not until we are organized. In terms of the revolution, I believe that the revolution will be a revolution of dispossessed people in this country. That's the Mexican-American, the Puerto Rican-American, the American Indian, and black people. We happen to be the vanguard of that revolutionary struggle because we are the most dispossessed. 
An old African leader says about leadership, he says that leadership should never be shared. It should always remain in the hands of the dispossessed people. We will lead the revolution. I want to end because Brother Carmichael has a message for you. I'm sure he has a lot to tell you about his revolutionary struggle, about the revolutionary struggle. Okay, you asked for it, brothers. Okay, we're going to talk about law and order versus justice in America then. You see, Lyndon Johnson can always sit up and talk about, he can always raise an argument about law and order because he never talks about justice. But black people fall for that same argument and they go around talking about lawbreakers. We did not make the laws in this country. We are neither mor morally nor legally confined to those laws. Those laws that keep them up keep us down. You've got to begin to understand that. See, justice is a joke in this country and it stinks of its hypocrisy. Johnson is Hitler's illegitimate child and Jago Hoover. And Jago Hoover is his half sister. and we must conduct our struggle on this level. We are fighting enemies of the people. America for centuries, for years, have blackmailed oppressed people with the threat of nuclear war and war in general. The natural reaction becomes not to fear war. This is the lesson we learned from Vietnam. They tell you your problem is unemployment. Well, I got a program that can employ every black person in this country overnight. <laughs> Ain't nobody in Vietnam unemployed. Think about that when you need a job. We're talking about revolution because that's the era that you're caught in. You're caught in a revolutionary era. See, black people are responding to a poem that Langston Hughes wrote a long time ago, a poem that was in the form of a question that was never answered. The poem was, What Happens to a Dream Deferred? It says, What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or does it fester like a sore? and then run? Or does it sag like a heavy load? Or does it explode? Detroit answered that. <laughs> See, they used to call it Detroit. Not it <laughs> but America is moving to combat that. She's saying this summer what we can't buy off, we're going to kill off. That's why she's building up her armories. Understand that. 
This is what the National Guard is all about. This is what the new weapons are all about. You see, the poverty programs for the last five years have been buy-off programs. In Harlem, which has been one of the greatest victims of the poverty program, how you act is nothing but an act. That's all it is. They give the brothers $45 a week to go to manpower, to come to class at manpower training. That $45 a week goes into drugs. That's just enough to keep the brother hooked. That's all. They pay you enough to keep you hooked. The poverty program was not designed to eliminate poverty, does not speak about the ending poverty, does not speak about how poverty is embedded in this society. Rather, it talks about the effects of poverty, not the causes. Black people must address itself to the causes of poverty. That's oppression in this country. So black people all across this country are uniting. They must unite. And they must organize themselves. Everybody has a responsibility in that community. Women, men, children, take them out to Boy Scouts and get you a black guard. You must begin to take over your institutions, your schools, because that's where the young minds are. The last time I was out here was for the Watts picnic. See, I don't believe that Watts burned down so they can have a picnic every year. But what they did during that time was that they took on weekend notice. They gathered up 7,000 kids and took them off to a military camp. That's a dangerous thing. Next year, they say they hope to take a million. What if they took a million and they didn't come back? Who going and get them, chump? You must address yourselves to these problems. These are the problems you live with daily. They don't want your old hard heads. They want the young minds. You see, ours might be to do or die. But for the little brothers, dad should be but the reason why. So now I really am going to end. Because, wait. And in ending, I'm going to end in the Swahili saying. It says, La Sima Tusinda. Bilashaka, which means we shall conquer without a doubt. Black power. The Black Panther Party for Self-Defense says that Stokely Carmichael is the Prime Minister of Afro-America. We want to know how you feel about that. Is Stokely all right with you black people? Can he speak for you? For you? Well, all right. Come on, Stokely, and speak. Prime Minister. Prime Minister.
Good evening. It's getting late, but we have a lot to talk about tonight because we have to be serious. Before I begin, I wanted to introduce just two people. One is our communication director who came out from Atlanta to spend birthday with Brother Huey Newton, Miss Ethel Miner. Ethel, where are you? The next person is one of our young warriors who uh, was involved in the Roxbury Rebellion where he had to was charged with a number of charges. He's out of jail. He's just returned from a trip across the waters. He went to revolutionary countries where hunkies can't go. Chico Neblin. Now then, tonight we have to talk about several things. We're here to celebrate Brother Huey P. Newton's birthday. We're not here to celebrate it as Huey Newton, the individual, but as Huey Newton, part and parcel of black people wherever we are on the world today. 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 And so in talking about Brother Huey Newton tonight, we have to talk about the struggle of black people, not only in the United States, but in the world today, and how he becomes part and how we move on so that our people will survive America. Therefore, we are not talking about politics tonight. We're not talking about economics tonight. We are talking about the survival of a race of people. That is all that is at stake. We are talking about the survival of black people. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. And you must understand that. Now, why is it necessary for us to talk about the survival of our people? Many of us feel, many of our generation feel, that they're getting ready to commit genocide against us. Now, many people say that's a horrible thing to say about anybody. But if it is a horrible thing to say, then we should do as Brother Malcolm says, we should examine history. The birth of this nation was conceived in the genocide of the red man. Genocide of the red man. Of the red man. In order for this country to come about, the hunky had to completely exterminate the red man, and he did it! And he did it! He did it! And he did it where he does not even feel sorry, but he romanticizes it by putting it on television with cowboy and Indians. Cowboy and Indians. then the question we must ask ourselves is if he's capable of doing it to the red man, can he also do it to us? Let us examine history some more. People say it is a horrible thing to say that white people would really think about committing genocide against black people. Let us check our history out. That we built this country, nobody else. I'll explain that to you. When this country started economically, it was an agricultural country. The cash crop on the world market was cotton. We picked the cotton. We picked the cotton. We did. 
So it is we who built this country. It is we who have fought in the wars of this country. This country is becoming more and more technological so that the need for black people is fastly disappearing. When the need for black people disappears, so will we. And he will consciously wipe us out. He will consciously wipe us out. Let us check World War II. He will not do it unto his own. Notice who he dropped an atomic bomb on. Some helpless yellow people in Hiroshima. Some helpless yellow people in Hiroshima. In Hiroshima. If you do not think he's capable of committing genocide against us, check out what he's doing to our brothers in Vietnam. Check out what he's doing in Vietnam. We have to understand that we're talking about our survival and nothing else. Whether or not this beautiful race of people is going to survive on the earth. That's what we're talking about. Nothing else. Nothing else. If you do not think he's capable of wiping us out, check out the white race. Wherever they have gone, they have ruled, conquered, murdered, and plagued. Whether they are the majority or the minority, they always rule. They always rule. Always rule. And check out the pattern in which they move. They came to this country. They didn't know a damn thing. The red man showed them how to adapt to this country. He showed them how to grow corn. He showed them how to hunt. And when the Indians finished showing it, he wiped them out. He wiped them out. He wiped them out. He was not satisfied. He went to South America. The Aztec Indians said, this is our silver, this is our copper, these are our medals, these are our statues. We build them for the beauty of our people. After the Indians showed it to him, he took it and he wiped them out. He wiped them out. He went to Africa. Our ancestors said, dig, this is our way of life. We beat drums, we enjoy ourselves, we have gold, we make diamonds and stuff for our women. He took the gold, he made us slaves, and today he runs Africa. Africa. He went to Asia. The Chinese showed him everything they had. They showed him gunpowder. They said, we use this for fireworks on our anniversaries, on our days of festivities. He took it, he made it a gun, and he conquered China. We are talking about a certain type of superiority complex that exists in the white man wherever he is. And that's what we have to understand today. So that everything goes out the window, we talk about survival. That's all. They can cut all that junk about poverty program, education, housing, welfare. We talking about survival, and brothers and sisters, we gonna survive America. We gonna survive America. We gonna survive America. Now then, we have to understand what is going on, not only in this country, but in the world, especially in Africa, because we are an African people, nothing else. We have always been an African people. We have always maintained our own value system, and I will prove that to you.
As much as he has tried, our people have resisted for 413 years in this wilderness. And they resisted for this generation to carry out what must be done. We cannot fail our ancestors. Cannot fail our ancestors. Cannot fail our ancestors. We resisted in every way you can point to. Take the English language. There are cats who come here from Italy, from Germany, from Poland, from France. In two generations, they speak English perfectly. We have never spoken English perfectly. Never have we spoken English correctly. Never, never, never. And that is because our people consciously resisted a language that did not belong to us. Never did, never will. Anyhow, they try to run it down our throats. We ain't gonna have it. We ain't gonna have it. You must understand that as a level of resistance. Anybody can speak that simple hunky's language correctly. Anybody can do it. We have not done it because we have resisted. Resisted. Check out our way of life. No matter how hard he's tried, we still maintain a communal way of life in our communities. We do not send old people to old people's homes. That's junk. That's junk. That's junk. That's junk. We do not call children illegitimate in our community. We take care of any child in our community. Any child. It is the level of resistance that we must begin to look for among our people, pick up that thread, and do what has to be done so that our people will survive. Three things. First and foremost, he has been able to make us hate each other. He has transplanted that hate and the love for each other for a love of his country, his country. We must begin to develop, number one, and this is the most important thing we can do as a people. We must first develop an undying love for our people, our people, our people, our people. We must develop an undying love as is personified in Brother Huey P. Newton. Undying love for our people. Undying love. If we do not do that, we will be wiped out. We must develop an undying love for our people. Our slogan will become, first, our people, then and only then, me and you as individuals. Our people first. Our people first. Following from that comes secondly the slogan, every Negro is a potential black man. We will not alienate them. We will not alienate them. We will not alienate them. Understand the concept of Negro and the concept of black man. We came to this country as black men and as Africans. It took us 400 years to become Negroes. Understand that. That means that the concept of a black man is one who recognizes his cultural, his historical, and the roots of his great ancestors who were the greatest warriors on the face of this earth. African. African. 
Africans. Many of our people's minds have been whitewashed. If a Negro comes up to you and you turn your back on him, he's got to run to the honky. We're going to take time and patience with our people because they're ours. They're ours. All of the Uncle Toms, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk. And when they slap, we're going to bow. And when they slap, we're going to bow. And we're going to try to bring them home. And if they don't come home, we're going to order. That's all. That's all. We have to recognize who our major enemy is. The major enemy is not your brother, flesh of your flesh, and blood of your blood. The major enemy is the hunky and his institutions of racism. That's the major enemy. That is the major enemy. And whenever anybody prepares for revolutionary warfare, you concentrate on the major enemy. We're not strong enough to fight each other and also fight him. We will not fight each other today. We will not fight each other. There will be no fights in the black community among black people. There will just be people who will be offed. There will be no fights. There will be no disruptions. We are going to be united. Thirdly, and most importantly, we must understand that for black people, the question of community is not a question of geography. It is a question of color. It is a question of color. If you live in Watts, if you live in Harlem, Southside Chicago, Detroit, West Philadelphia, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama. Wherever you go, the first place you go is to your people, not the land to your people. For us, the question of community is a question of color and our people, not geography, not land, not land, not land, not geography. That is to say that we break down the concept that black people living inside the United States are black Americans. That's nonsense. We got brothers in Africa, we got brothers in Cuba, we got brothers in Brazil, we got brothers in Latin America, we got brothers all over the world, all over the world, all over the world. And once we begin to understand that the concept of community is simply one of our people, it don't make a difference where we are. We are with our people and therefore we are home. Therefore we are home. Now then, in speaking of survival, it is necessary to understand the moves of one enemies. The United States works on what we call the three M's. The missionaries, the money, and the marines. That is precisely the way it's moved all over the world. It is the way it moves against us. They have sent the missionaries in. We sent them out. They have sent the money in with the poverty program. The Vietnamese and the Koreans are pulling the money out. The next thing comes the Marines. Comes the Marines. And if we're talking seriously, we get prepared. Marines. Now, if some black people do not think that the white man is going to wipe us out completely, then it won't be no harm being prepared just in case he decides to do it. Just in case he decides to do it. So there'll be no harm in us preparing ourselves for the Marines. 
Now, there's a lot of tactics we can learn. The VC has shown us the best way to get it done. Best way to get it done. And don't be afraid to say it. Tell them, yeah, you want the Vietnamese to defeat them because they're wrong from the jump. They're wrong from the jump. They're wrong. They're wrong. Don't get up there and play games with them. You ever see them on TV? Well, actually, we were wrong going into Vietnam, but we can't get out unless we save face. To say Hunky's face, millions of Vietnamese got to die. That's a lot of junk. If you're wrong, say you're wrong and get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. We have to then go down the programs that they run through our throats and see how they relate to us. The first one is the vote. They got a new thing now. Black power is the vote. The vote in this country is, has been, and always will be irrelevant to the lives of black people. That is a fact. We survived in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. without the vote. Without the vote. Last two years ago, when Julian Bond was elected by black people in Georgia, they took him out the seat. There was no representation. The black people in Georgia are surviving today. They took Adam Clayton Powell out of office for a year and a half. Black people in Harlem are still surviving. That should teach you the vote ain't nothing but a hunky's trick. Nothing but a hunky's trick. If we talk about the vote today, we talk about it as one thing, an organizing tool to bring our people together. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. It becomes a vehicle for organization. It cannot be anything else. To believe the vote is going to save you is to believe the way Brother Adam Clayton Powell did. He's in Bimini now. That's what we have to understand. The second thing they rammed down our throat is this poverty program. And you have to understand the poverty program. It is designed to, number one, split the black community, and number two, split the black family. There's no doubt about it splitting the black community. We know all of the people who started fighting over crumbs, because that's all the poverty program is, the crumbs. If you leave the crumbs alone and organize, we could take the whole loaf, because it belongs to us. <laughs> but what happens is that the poverty program sends a couple of hundred thousand dollars into the community and groups start setting up to fight over that money. So automatically you've got splits in the community. Watts is the best example that we have today. It was the first one to get the poverty program after the rebellion and today it is the most divided black community in the country. In the country. Second thing we have to recognize is what the poverty program does. In any race of people, the most instinctively revolutionary people is the youth. Because the youth is always willing to fight. In anybody's race. In anybody's race. And the poverty program is geared right at our youth. Right at our youth to stop them from fighting.
that's all the poverty program is. Stop the rebellions. Not take care of black people. Stop the rebellions. How is it that you felt if you were a father and your son, who you're supposed to be providing for, comes home with $90 a week and you're still unemployed? What is the poverty program doing to our fathers? What is it doing to our fathers? If they were concerned about the black community, if they believed the garbage they run down about the black family, they would give the jobs to our fathers, the breadwinners of the family, so we could have some respect for them. We could have some respect for them. But it is precisely because the poverty program is aimed at quelling our youth that they do that. And all of the people who administer the poverty program won't even put their children in those programs that are supposed to be so good for us. Let us move on to education. And we must talk very clearly about this concept of education. <coughs> France Fanon says very clearly, education is nothing but the reestablishment and reinforcement of values and institutions of a given society. All the brother is saying is that whatever this society says is right, when you go to school, they're going to tell you it's right, and you've got to run it on down. If you run it on down, you get an A. If I say to you, Columbus discovered America in 1492, if I was your teacher, you said, no, Columbus didn't discover America in 1492, there were Indians here, I tell you, you flunked the course. So education doesn't mean what they say it means. So now we must use education for our people, and we must understand our communities. In our communities, there are dope addicts, there are pimps, there are prostitutes, there are hustlers, there are teachers, there are maids, there are porters, there are preachers, there are gangsters. If I go to high school, I want to learn how to be a good maid, a good porter, a good hustler, a good pimp, a good prostitute, a good preacher, a good teacher, or a good porter. And education is supposed to prepare you to live in your community. That's what our community is like. If the educational system cannot do that, it must teach us how to change our community. How to change our community. It must do one or the other. The schools that we send our children to do not do one or the other. They do neither. They do something absolutely opposite. And when our youth, who are more intelligent than all those hunkies on those boards, drop out of that school because they recognize it's not going to help them, then we turn around and yell at them, dividing our community again. Dividing our community again. We have to understand that unless we control the education system where it begins to teach us how to change our community where we live like human beings. No need to send anybody to school. That's just a natural fact. We have no alternative but to fight, whether we like it or not. On every level in this country, black people got to fight. Got to fight. Got to fight. Now then, let us move down and talk a concept. We have in our community black people, the masses and the bourgeoisie. That's about the level of breakdown. The bourgeoisie is very, very minute inside our community. We have to bring them home. We have to bring them home for many reasons. 
We have to bring them home because they have technical skills which must be put for the benefit of their people, not for the benefit of this country, which is against their people. We've got to bring them home. We've got to bring them home. One of the ways of bringing our people home is by using patience, love, brotherhood, and unity. Not force. Not force. Love, patience, brotherhood, and unity. We try, and we try, and we try. If they become a threat, we off them. But we must begin to understand that in a concept of forming inside our community a united front, a black united front, which engulfs every sector, every facet, and every person inside our community working for the benefit of black people. Working for the benefit of black people. And that is for each other's survival. A lot of people in the bourgeoisie tell me they don't like Rap Brown when he says, I'm going to burn the country down. But every time Rap Brown says, I'm going to burn the country down, they get a poverty program. They get a poverty program. A lot of people say to me, we don't like the Black Panthers for self-defense, walking around with guns. I tell you now, if the hunkies in San Francisco take off the fighters who happen to represent the Black Panthers for self-defense, ain't nobody in this community prepared to fight right now. Everybody gets off. Everybody gets off. We have to have each other for our survival. We have to have each other. From the revolutionaries to the conservatives, a black united front is what we're about. Our black united front is what we're about. Now then, some people may not understand Brother Rap when he talked about whom we ally with. He said we have to ally with Mexican-Americans, Puerto Ricans, and the dispossessed people of the earth. He did not mention poor whites. We must understand that. I will not deny that poor whites in this country are oppressed. But there are two types of oppression. One is exploitation, the other is colonization. And we have to understand the difference between both of them. Exploitation is when you exploit somebody of your own race. Colonization is when you exploit somebody of a different race. We are colonized. They are exploited. They are exploited. <laughs> now let us explain how the process of exploitation and colonization works. If I am black and I am exploiting you who are also black, we have the same values, the same culture, the same language, the same society, the same institutions. So I do not have to destroy those institutions for you. But if you are of another race, if you have a different culture, different language, different values, I have to destroy all of those to make you bow to me. And that is the difference between poor blacks and poor whites. Poor whites have their culture, have their values, have their institutions. Ours have been completely destroyed. Completely destroyed. Completely destroyed. So when you talk about alliances, you recognize alliances with people who are trying to rebuild their culture, trying to rebuild their history, trying to rebuild their dignity, people who are fighting for their humanity. Poor white people are not fighting for their humanity, they're fighting for more money. They're fighting, 
There are a lot of poor white people in this country. You ain't seen none of them rebel yet, have you? Why is it that black people are rebelling? Do you think it's because it's just poor jobs? Don't believe that junk that hunky is running down. It's not poor jobs. It's a question of a people finding their culture, their nature, and fighting for their humanity. For their humanity. For their humanity. For their humanity. We have been so colonized that we are ashamed to say we hate. And that is the best example of a person who's colonized. You sit in your house, a hunky walks in your house, beats you up, rapes your wife, beat up your child, and you don't have the humanity to say, I hate you. You don't have it. That is how dehumanized we are. We are so dehumanized, we cannot say, yes, we hate you for what you have done to us. Can't say it. Can't say it. And we are afraid to think beyond that point. Who do you think has more hatred pent up in them? White people for black people or black people for white people? White people for black people. Obviously, the hatred has been more. What have we done to them for them to build up this hatred? Absolutely nothing. Yet we don't, have the, we don't even want to have the chance to hate them for what they have done to us. And if hate should be justified, we have the best justification in the world for hating the honkies. We have it. We have it. We have it. We have been so dehumanized we're like a dog which the master can kick, which the master can throw out the house, which the master can spit on. And whenever he calls, the dog comes running back. We are human beings and we have emotions. We're fighting for our humanity. We're fighting for our humanity. And in regaining our humanity, we recognize all the emotions that are in us. If you have love, you've got to have hate. You don't have one-sided emotions. That's a lot of junk. You always have two sides. Hot, cold, white, black. Everything going. Love, hate. Because if you don't have hate, you cannot differentiate love. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. Now then, that brings us to the point of this thing about communism and socialism. Let's get to that once and for all. Communism is not an ideology suited for black people. Period. Period. Socialism is not an ideology fitted for black people, period. Period. And I will tell you why. And it must become crystal clear in our minds. Now, we don't say that because the hunkies call us communists. We don't care what they call us. It don't make a difference. Don't make a difference. The ideologies of communism and socialism speaks to class structure. They speak to people who oppress people from the top down to the bottom. We are not just facing exploitation. We are facing something much more important. We are facing because we are the victims of racism. Communism nor socialism does not speak to the problem of racism. And racism for black people in this country is far more important than exploitation. Because no matter how much money you make, when you go into the white world, you are still a nigger. You are still a nigger. You are still in it. So that for us, the question of racism becomes uppermost in our minds. 
It becomes uppermost in our minds. How do we destroy those institutions that seek to keep us dehumanized? That is all we're talking about. On the question of exploitation, it comes second. Now, for white people who are communists, the question of communists becomes first because they're exploited by their other people. If we were exploited by other black people, then it would be a question of how we divide the profits. It is not that for us. It is not that for us. It is a question of how we regain our humanity and begin to live as a people. And we do not do that because of the effects of racism in this country. We must therefore consciously stride for an ideology which deals with racism first. And if we do that, we recognize the necessity of hooking up with the 900 million black people in the world today. That's what we recognize. And if we recognize that, then it means that our political situation must become international. It cannot be national. It cannot be national. It must be international. Must be international. It must be international because if we knew anything, we would recognize that the hunkies just don't exploit us. They exploit the whole third world, Asia, Africa, Latin America. They take advantage of Europe, but they don't colonize Europe. They colonize Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Understand that. If we begin to understand that, then the problems that America is heading for becomes uppermost in our mind. And the first one they're heading for is the conflict in the Middle East. We must be clear on whose side we stand. We can be for no one but the Arabs. There can be no doubt in our mind. No doubt in our mind. No doubt in our mind. We can be for no one but the Arabs because Israel belonged to the Arabs in 1917. The British gave it to a group of Zionists who went to Israel, ran the Palestine, Palestinian Arabs out with terrorist groups and organized the state and did not get anywhere until Hitler came along and they swelled the state in 1948. That country belongs to the Palestinians. Not only that, they are moving to take over Egypt. Egypt is our motherland. It's in Africa. We do not understand the concept of love. Here are a group of Zionists who come anywhere they want to and organize love and feeling for a place called Israel, which was created in 1948, where their youth are willing to go and fight for Israel. Egypt belonged to us 4,000 years ago, and we sit here supporting the Zionists. We got to be for the Arabs, period, period. That means that we also move to the rest of the third world and understand precisely what is going on. It is no coincidence that the hunky who stole a heart out of our brother and put it into another devil was brought here on Nationwide TV. There is no example. There's no coincidence. No coincidence. Now, for those of the older generation who said I may be harsh because I said the devil, let me give you a biblical quotation. It says, beware that they will come, tell that the devil will come telling you that he can give you back life after death. If that's not what they do, and I don't know what is. 
We have to understand that just today, the United States voted for South Africa to come into the Olympics. And black people are here debating whether or not black athletes should be part of the Olympics. That is not a debate. The question is final. There can be no black athletes with any dignity participating in that white nonsense. Now then, we have to understand more and more as our people this talk about survival. It means that when we talk about survival, we organize politically, we organize consciously. That's what they call education. We call it black consciousness because that speaks to us. Education speaks to them. We organize economically and we organize militarily. Militarily. Because if we don't do that, if you don't have a gun in your hand, they can snatch the ballot from you. But if you got a gun, it's either them or us. And the preparation of that fight on all struggles must become conscious among our people. We are ahead of the Jews. We know what they get in rest every day in their Esquire magazines. They tell us on their televisions. They tell us with their 15,000 soldiers they're putting in the city. They tell us with their tanks. They tell us with their stoner guns. They tell us. We got to wake up and tell them we are going to get you back. Wipe out of your mind the questions of minority. Wipe out of your mind the questions of technology. Technology never decides a war. It is the will of a people that decides a war. It is the will of a people. The will of a people. Wipe out of your mind the facts that we do not have guns. The Vietnamese didn't have it when they started. Now they got American guns, American tanks, Americans everything. 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 If they come to get us, they got to bring some to get some. We're going to take it and the gun, and the gun, and the gun, and the gun. And unless we raise our minds to the level of consciousness where we have an undying love for our people, where we're willing to shed our blood like Huey Newton did for our people, we will not survive. We will not survive. Now, there are many people who know that. All of the brothers sitting on the stage, all of the brothers around here. We all know that when something goes down, we are the first ones off. There's no question in any of our minds, only thing going to stop us today is a bullet. And we spitting them back. And we spitting them back. But the question is not whether or not we can move. How this entire black community moves for survival in a world that's clearly heading for a color clash. That is what we must ask ourselves. That by organizing our people and oriented them towards an African ideology which speaks to our blackness. Nothing else. It's not a question of right or left. It's a question of black. You dig where we come in from? We come in from a black thing. From a black thing. That's where we're coming from. Because we can begin to pick up the threads of resistance that our ancestors laid down for us. And unless we begin to understand our people as a people, 
We will not do that because they will split us and divide us. That means consciously we have to begin to organize our people. 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 Nothing else. Organize our people. Our people. We have no time for them. All our sweat, all our blood, even our life must go to our people. We have to understand this consciously. Our youth must be organized with a revolutionary prospectus. A revolutionary prospectus says that we're fighting a war of liberation. In order to fight a war of liberation, you need an ideology of nationalism. We do not have this country. The nationalism can be nothing but black nationalism. It is insane to think of anything else. Black nationalism has to begin to be our ideology. Why blackness is necessary is not sufficient, so we must move on. We move on then to consciously organize in our communities. And we recognize today while we're organizing, we do not have the money to feed our people. So there's no use to say, organize, we can get you a job. We can get them. They control them. That is a fact. The reason for you to sit down, it is only more of a reason for you to fight, to think that you can't give your people a job. That's more of an inspiration to fight so you can give them a job, rather than to sit down and say, the honkies got us on every end. They are not God. We are a beautiful race of people. We can do anything we want to do. All we got to do is get up, get up, get up, get up and do it. 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 Now then, we have to discuss very cold the question of rebellions. It is a fact that they're prepared to meet rebellions anywhere in the cities. Now what's going to happen if one of our brothers get off? What happens if they go ahead and off Huey Newton? We must develop tactics where we do the maximum damage to them with the minor, the maximum damage to them with minor damage to us. And when we move into that arena, that means that this black community must be organized. So if Huey Newton goes and 10 hunky cop goes, won't a black man in this community get up and open his mouth? Because if he does, he goes too. He goes too. He goes too. He goes too. <laughs> that means that in organizing for the maximum damage against them and the mind minor damage against us, we must be consciously aware of the fact that there will be people in our communities who are going around doing just that. In our community, we see nothing, we hear nothing, we know nothing. We see nothing, we hear nothing. Now the question of agents is becoming a question where it's making us paranoid. We cannot become paranoid because what they can do is make you so afraid you won't move. Do that. We are going to plan what we're going to do. Little groups are going to plan theirs. Big groups are going to plan theirs. If an agent is found, there is no question. He is going to be off in such a manner that any other black man who dares talk to the hunky will have three thoughts before he even talks to a white man about reporting in our community. Our people have demonstrated a willingness to fight. 
Our people have demonstrated the courage of our ancestors to face tanks, guns, police dogs with bricks and bottles. That is a courageous act. We must understand that. And since our people have demonstrated a willingness to fight, the question is how can we organize that fight so we become the winners? So we become the winners. If a major rebellion were to break out, our people may or may not become, become the losers. But if a small group was doing maximum damage, we remain on top. We remain on top. That is what we must understand. Consciously understand it. It is not a question of what they might do. It is a question of how and when they're going to do it. That is all that's in their minds. That is all. For us, the question is not going to Vietnam anymore. The question is how can we protect brothers who do not go to Vietnam from going to jail? That's the only question we have to face in our community today. So that when one brother says, hell no, enough people in that community around them that if they dare come in, they're going to face maximum damage in their community. Maximum damage in their community. We are talking about survival. We are talking whose entire culture, whose entire history, whose entire way of life have been destroyed. We're talking about a people who have produced in this year a warrior, a generation of warriors who are going to restore to our people the humanity and the love that we have for each other. That's what we're talking about today. That's what we're talking about today. We are talking about becoming the executioners of our executioners. For example, you should give a lot of money to that defense fund because while some of that money is going to go for their courts thing, the rest of the money is going to go for the executioners so that if they execute Huey, the final execution rests in our hands. Our hands. Our hands. It is simply a question of a people. They control everything. They make us fight. They make us steal. They judge us. They put us in prison. They parole us. They send us out. They pick us up again. Where in God's name do we exercise any sense of dignity in this country? Where? 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 What in God's name do we control except the church whose ideology is based to be compatible with this system which is against us? Where in God's name do we exercise any control as a people whose ancestors were the proudest people that walked the face of this earth? Where? Where? Where do I ask you? Where? Everywhere he's gone, he controls our people. In South Africa, he steals the gold from our people. In the West Indies, he steals the materials from our people. In South America, where he scattered our people, he's raping us blind. In America, he rapes us. In Nova Scotia, he rapes us. God's name, are we going to find a piece of earth that belongs to us so we can restore our humanity? Where are we going to find it unless this generation begins to organize to fight for it? To fight for it. Fight for it. Where? And if this generation begins to fight, there can be no disruptive elements in our community. There can be none. We will tolerate none. We will tolerate none. There will be no disruptions. 
Anyone who fights for their people, we put our life on the lines for them. Huey Newton fought for our people. Whether or not Huey Newton becomes freed depends upon black people. Nobody else. Nobody else. Other people may help. But the final decision of Brother Huey depends upon us. He didn't lay down his life for other people. He laid it down for us. For us. And if he did that, we must be willing to do the same, not only for him, but for the generation that's going to follow us. Consciously, we must understand we're about organizing every element of our community. That work must begin. That means that people must be willing to give money to an organizer who is willing to spend 24 hours a day organizing. He cannot organize from the public program because they tell him what to do. But he can do anything for the black people. Of black people. That means that people have to consciously give money for their people. Must. We have to run all of the exploiters out of our communities by any means necessary. Any means necessary. You ask yourself if you were white, why would you want to be a cop in a black ghetto today when you know they're looking for you? Why, if you weren't sick in the mind and felt you were so superior that you had the right to rule them, why would you want a lousy $5,000-a-year job when you're white and you can make it in this society? Why would you want the job as a cop if you weren't sick? Tell me, would you want to be in their community if they were ready to offer you for $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 a year? We have to understand the politics of those hunkies in our community. They are there to patrol and to control. That is all. We are going to do the patrolling. We are going to do the controlling. We are building a concept of peoplehood. We do not care about hunkies. But if in building that concept of peoplehood, the hunkies get in our way, they get to go. There is no question about it. There is no question about it. There's no question about it. We are not concerned with their way of life. We are concerned with our people. We want to give our people the dignity and the humanity that we know as our people. And if they get in our way, they're going to be off. They're going to be off. We're not concerned with their system. Let them have it. We want our way of life. And we're going to get it. We're going to get it or nobody's going to have any peace on this earth. No peace on this earth. Now then, finally, before I sit down, let me say two things. I want to read a statement that Brother Huey P. Newton wrote yesterday when I saw him in jail. You have to understand the statement. He says, as the racist police escalate the war in our communities against black people, we reserve the right to self-defense and maximum retaliation.
All of the things we spoke about tonight centered around Brother Huey P. Newton because all of the things we spoke about tonight exemplifies what he was trying to do. Now we have to understand something. It is no need for us to go to jail today for what we say. They did that to Brother Malcolm X. They just offed him for what he was saying. We have to progress as a race. Brother Huey may or may not have wiped out that hunky, but at least it shows a progression. At least we're not getting off for what we say, we're trying to get off for what we do. Understand this concept. Understand this concept. When they off Brother Malcolm, we did nothing. If they off Brother Huey, we got to retaliate. We got to retaliate. We got to retaliate. We've got to retaliate. Got to retaliate. Do you think that any other race of people will let them off somebody and the rest of them sit down? Where in God's name would you find a race of people like that? We have lost in the last five years some of our best leaders. Lumumba, Malcolm X, they off brother Kwame Nkrumah and we do nothing. We do nothing. While they're offering our leaders, they take our youth and send them to Vietnam, send them to Korea. We are slowly getting wiped out. We must retaliate. We must fight for our humanity. It is our humanity that is at stake. It is not a question of dollars and cents. We're going to survive because we have survived what they couldn't survive through. That's the natural born fact. We have survived. We survived through slavery. We survived through their jive reconstruction. We survived through World War I. We survived through the, the Depression. We survived through World War II. We survived after World War II when they threw us out of the jobs in the North. We survived that in the Korean War. We gonna survive. We gonna survive. Ain't no doubt about that in my mind. No doubt at all. No doubt at all. We will survive. Our problem is to develop an undying love for our people. An undying love for our people. We must be willing to give our talents, our sweat, our blood, even our life for our people. Nothing else. Not this country. Our people. Our people. We must develop the concept that every Negro is a potential black man. You do not alienate your potential allies. Let's bring our people home. Let's bring our people home. We must understand the concept that for us, the question of community is not geography, it is the question of us, black people, wherever we are. So we have to consciously become a part of the 900 million black people that are separated over this world. We were separated by the... We are blood of the same blood and flesh of the same flesh. We do not know who is our sister, who is our brother, or where we came from. They took us from Africa and they put thousands of miles of water between us, but they forgot blood is thicker than water. We coming together. We're coming together. Blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water. We are an African people with an African ideology. We are wandering in the United States. We are going to build our concept of peoplehood in this country or there will be no country. Or there will be no country.
As I am, brothers and sisters, Brother Huey P. Newton belongs to us. He is flesh of our flesh. He is blood of our blood. He may be Mrs. Newton's baby. He's our brother. We do not have to talk about what we're going to do if we're consciously preparing and consciously willing to back those who prepare. All we say, Brother Huey will be set free or else. So that concludes our program for this evening. Let's all internalize everything that we've heard and let's put it into practice.